We are live. It's Wednesday. They call this hump day? Is that what they call it? I don't know. But it's Wednesday. It's the mid midweek day, right? And uh, we're studying stuff. Yeah, on our Wednesday uh, themed sessions, we have uh, ourselves a study. And we chose to, well, start at the very beginning, I guess, in Genesis. And we've been going through Genesis. The Book of Beginnings. And uh, a lot of information in there, you know, some wonderful information you and I have been talking about throughout the many months. We're in chapter 29 today, this morning. Yeah, that's where we're at. We're in chapter 29, though we will, you know, recap of the things happening prior so that the context is well in our thoughts as we move forward in chapter 29. But we will need to borrow from chapter 28 in regards to what's been taking place there so that, uh, yeah, the pieces to the puzzle will fit properly. It's good to have you. Stefan Maillet is my name. AddedSouls.com is the website. Please consider subscribing, following, giving us a thumbs up, a comment, share the link far and wide. Please consider, if you are willing and able, to sign up to AddedSouls.Locals.com. It is our freedom community. You can sign up there for free. However, you can choose to support, and uh, that would be a good thing because it helps the Added Souls Ministry move forward through the Maya family and the mission we are involved with, the East Coast Church of Christ.com. You can check out the website. We also have a page on Facebook. You are loved. You are appreciated. You have purpose in life, my dear friends. And uh, we'd love for you to get involved and partake with the wonderful work we are involved in. Get yourself some exclusive stuff, updates, reports, all that kind of wonderful information that um, eases our thoughts, and it brings us joy, right? So over here on the podcast, this is what we do. We try to do it as consistently as possible from Monday to Friday, weekdays. It's the early bird podcast sessions, and we're studying in Genesis on Wednesdays. Check the show notes if you'd like to do what like to do, yeah, like to do, like to know what we do throughout the week. There we go. Get the words right. It is early after all. And I'm a French guy speaking English words. So, you know, you're gonna have to suffer long with me. (laughs) But we have some wonderful information going on in chapter 29 of Genesis. And uh, we want to make sure we understand that and how that is applicable. How it is applicable and how we can practice, how we can... uh, make things uh, applicable so we can practice within our faith and uh, have us more useful for it. Hope it spiritually benefits your life in that category. So what's been taking place? Well, we have ourselves a family, and there's a lot of chaos in the family, right? We have Isaac. He's the father. He's the husband. We have ourselves Rebecca. She's the mother. She's the wife. And we have two sons. We have Isaac and we have, uh, not sorry, not Isaac. We have Jacob and we have Esau. I get mixed up with the names. Isaac and Rebecca, two sons, Esau and Jacob. I may get that mixed up. If so, please, again, forgive me. (laughs) Let's persevere through it and get into it. So there's some chaos taking place. Deception, division. There is uh, what took place here is... 
so that we get the context, right? So we understand where we're at. Isaac, you know, he's not very healthy on a great many fronts anymore. And so he wants to bless Esau. But his wife, Rebecca, hears that and gets into Jacob's ear in order to perform an act of uh, cunning deception. Uh, and it uh, works to their agenda. And uh, Isaac, you know, he blesses. He, the blessing goes to Jacob when it went. It should have went to Esau. Esau finds out. And now there is further discord and animosity, and there is bitterness, there is unrighteous anger, and there is revenge between Jacob towards Esau, and it, it's just a mess. It's sin. Sin will cause a mess in any family, and it can cause a lot of sorrow, a lot of uh, pain, and we've kind of spoken about that as we've been reading through it uh, these many weeks and months, and I encourage you, of course, to go to the archived video sessions if you uh, want to go back to the very beginning and kind of follow this account, this recorded witnessed account penned down for mankind. Now it's been thousands of years and it's still as uh, it transcends culture, doesn't it? This information transcends culture, yet it is, though it transcends uh, uh, the ebbs and flows of culture, it is relevant to each culture and each mind because we're all human beings. We have been from the very beginning in our uh, the account of the uh, of the Genesis and how uh, we were formed in His image, all that wonderful information, and so here we are, yet again a recorded account of a family, and there's a lot of chaos, and so because of this here turmoil within the family that took place, a deception from Rebecca to her son Jacob towards Isaac and Esau. Well, Jacob has to be sent on his way. We looked at that. In our uh, in last week's session, if you will, so we saw how Jacob was sent away, and um, we're not going to go into deep detail in regards to Jacob's dream. We're kind of going to look at uh, chapter twenty-nine more so uh, in that portion of scripture. However, in Jacob's dream, Jacob interprets what he visioned there in regards to a ladder and messengers going to and fro, up and down, if you will, and God being at the top. And he um, interprets that <clears throat> in favor to build that location, a, a special location, if you will. And uh, he claims that the stone in which he utilized to lay his head, is, uh, which I have set up as a pillar, uh, will be God's house. And he says that in chapter 28 of verse 22. And <clears throat> of all that, you uh, and that and of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. So he dedicates a uh, portion of uh, his uh, prosperity, if you will, to God in uh, the interpretation he had with what he received. And from there, it enters into chapter 29, where the text begins and says that Jacob went on a journey. He lifted up his feet and he went on a journey. And here's where we're going to launch off into our session more so accurately and looking at each verse and uh, the thoughts that were taking place. Now, remember, <clears throat> Jacob was sent away. He was sent away because of the turmoil that had taken place and the deception and everything involved with that. And we're going to find it quite interesting 
how providentially the one who deceived is going to be deceived. He deceived his brother Esau, or sorry, his father Isaac, and uh, as a consequence, of course, with sin, it always affects others around you. Not only was it directed toward Isaac, and there was consequence there, but Esau was robbed of his blessing. And uh, now we're going to get into a portion of this recorded account in which Jacob becomes the recipient of uh, deception. And it's, again, it's quite telling. It's humbling, if not, right? If anything. So in verse 1 of chapter 29, Jacob went on his journey and he uh, came to the land of the sons of the east. The Easterners, right? (laughs) I'm an Easterner. We're all, you know, pagans and heathens over here. We call our idolatry Christianity. There's the deception. We are idolaters, but we love to call our religious traditions in idolatry as Christianity so that people think that we are, you know, a Christian people. We aren't. We're idol worshipers, but as long as we call it Christianity, we'll be fine, right? It seems to be working well thus far. So we think. Uh, So in chapter 29, uh, we see Jacob. He lifts his feet. He goes on his journey. And, well, let me do something here. I'm reading from my Bible, but let me see if I can put my Bible up on the screen so I can read it from there. It would be a bit more expedient. Let me just open up a browser here. All right, let me see. Genesis 29. Bing, bang. Let me see if I can find that now. I should. There's a site I go to that has all that good stuff. Uh, Not that one. That one doesn't read as well as another one I found. If I can't find it, I'll just keep going with the the Bible before me. And I think I just might there. Uh, Where are you? Nope, can't find it. Sorry, guys. Bear with me. Let's just keep going with... With the Bible in front of me here, I just have to tilt it so that the lighting doesn't get in the way. There we go. Now that's a bit better. Okay, so here's Jacob. He's journeying. He's on a journey. He's a journeyman. And he's uh, coming to the land of the sons of the east. And he looked and he saw a well in the field. The text says, this is verse 2, chapter 29, Genesis. And behold, three flocks of sheep were lying there beside it. Beside what? The well. For from that well, they watered the flocks. Now the stone on the mouth of the well was large. Interesting again. The, an inspired book, right? It has so many gems. Jacob's dream. It came about, he took a stone, put it you know, as a quote-unquote pillow of sorts. And of course, this ends up to be the stone he takes, uh, which he sets up as the pillar, and it will be God's house. This is what he declares from the interpretation of uh, the dream he received, and it's from the stone. And uh, here he is now in a location in the east, the sons of the east, where there is sheep, and there is three flocks of sheep, and there is a well, and where is well, uh, the well, there is water, and where there is water, a stone is on the mouth of the well, and it, it's a large one. <laughs> Symbolism of sorts, uh, and uh, quite interesting. If you have yourself 
uh, within the, uh, the 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 rock, the stone, the uh, the the um, the slab, if you will. If, if if that is Christ, then you will indeed, as His flock, receive the waters, the fresh running waters of the well. Interesting, isn't it? If we kind of look at it through that perspective in a today's application. And today, like we're reading information during that stewardship of time, the patriarchal age and and all the different dispensations of time throughout history. But today, you and I, we live in the last days. The last days are, of course, the dispensation of time known as Christendom, the, the, the Christian era. The Christian age. It's the last age. There will be no other after it. Once uh, this one will finish, of course, with this, the sky to open, the trumps to, to be called, and judgment upon all who are wicked, all who are good, to be with uh, Christ our Master forevermore in peace. Anyways, that's, of course, a, a whole different uh, topic there. But to the text, we go back and uh, look into what Jacob's doing. When all the flocks were gathered there, verse three, they would then roll the stone from the mouth of the well and the water uh, and water the sheep. It says, and put the stone back in its place on uh, the mouth of the well. Okay, so that is indeed the custom. There was purpose to it, and they were with it in that their culture. So Jacob said to them in verse four, "My brothers." Where are you from? And they said to Jacob, We are from Haran. Hmm, interesting. So he says to them in verse 5, Well, do you know Laban, the son of Nahor? And they said, We know him. And so he says to them, Well, is it well with him? <laughs> is it well with him? I wonder if he was doing the pun. You know, he's at a well. Is Laban well? <laughs> Anyways, okay. So, uh, do you know Laban, the son of Nahor? And they said, yeah, we know him. And he, said, and he says to them, well, is it well with him? You know, is he under good terms with you all culturally? Is he, <laughs> or has he been shunned? Uh, or is he received? And they said, of course, it is well. And here is Rachel, his daughter, coming with the sheep. Now, I wonder if they were really thinking he was well or if they're just playing around or messing around. I don't know. We'll see, right? Huh, 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 huh. Yeah, oh, boys. So, um, yeah, here's his his daughter. Whose daughter? Laban's daughter, Rachel. And uh, they said it is well, and here is Rachel, his daughter, coming with the sheep. And he said, behold, it is still high day. It is not time for the livestock to be gathered. Water the sheep and go pasture them. So he's accustomed to doing things his way, where he's coming from, and uh, they have things done a certain other way. But they said in verse 8, We cannot until all the flocks are gathered, and they roll the stone from the mouth of the well, then we water the sheep. See, this is how we do things. This is how it's done over here, and there's a purpose for it. Um... Individuals who are blinded by their own pride will enter into a different location, different uh, situation, and at times will want to uh, perhaps enforce their way, if you will. Uh, but their way don't work there. It, 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 it's a different way, right? Sometimes we have to adapt to that. Um, you know, when um, my wife and I, we moved stateside for several years, 
um, yeah, of course, many similarities. We, uh, you know, first world nation kind of stuff. Obviously, you have all the privileges and blessings here, there, to and fro. However, there is a difference in the culture of the people and how they view certain things sociopolitically and whatnot. So certain things are perhaps um, more acceptable and or less acceptable, stuff like that. Anyways, just a thought for you. And so he says, uh, you know, Jacob's like, do things this way. This is the way we do things. And they say, no, not here. This is the way we do things over here. But they said, we cannot until the flocks are gathered and they roll the stone from the mouth of the well, then we water the sheep. Now in verse 9, while he was still speaking with them, Rachel, remember Rachel is Laban's daughter, she came with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherdess. Isn't that interesting? She's useful. Very useful. So when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, right? So Jacob has a mother named Rebekah. Rebekah utilized Jacob in an act of deception against Isaac, which robbed Esau of his blessing. So he had to flee. Now he finds himself over here in this situation where he sees his mother's brother's daughter, Rachel. Verse 9. Uh, sorry, verse 10. When Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his brother's his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, Jacob went up and rolled a stone from the mouth of the well and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. Let me show you, I am a man's man. In an act of kindness, in an act also perhaps of uh, utility in that moment, then Jacob kissed Rachel and lifted his voice and wept. Of course, in decency, one would think, perhaps, right? Jacob told Rachel that he was a relative of her father and that he was Rebekah's son, and she ran and told her father. You know, he kisses her, an act of uh, perhaps respect or honor or affection towards her. He certainly does find her uh, attractive and uh, perhaps, you know, the idea in which he would want to marry her one day when she is of age. And so he lifts his voice and wept. And Jacob told Rachel that he was a relative of her father and that he was Rebekah's son. And she ran and told her father. So, verse 13, when Laban heard the news of Jacob, his sister's son, he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house, it says. The text reveals. Then he related to Laban all these things. So he's you know, delivering the account to Laban. Like, here's what's going on. Here's what's been told of me. Here's what's happened. Here's everything. It's on, you know, he's being transparent and um, confessing all things necessary, revealing, sharing all things necessary. Laban's taking inventory, isn't he? He's taking inventory. And, um, well, we'll see a bit more about what who Laban truly is in character as we move forward. So Laban says to Jacob here in verse 14, Surely you are my bone and my flesh. You know, no denying that. And he stayed with him a month. Then Laban said to Jacob in verse 15, Because you are my relative, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me, what shall your wages be? You know, he's... This, um, oh, how should we set this? Uh, 
Um, Laban is portraying himself in a certain way, right? He is outwardly portraying himself in a certain way that would allow Jacob, if you will, to think of him highly or to think of him fair. Um, and so that could be attractive and charming to Jacob to recognize this outward appearance from this man named Laban, who would be so kind to say such things. You're right, you know, I'm not going to work. It's, it's only fair and culturally appropriate that if I work for you or do something for you, serve you, that there would be, you know, uh, a benefit to that, a blessing of sorts. Okay, so Laban seems to be an upstanding, honest, decent human being. Cool, that's, that's all right. You know, that's the portrayal here. So Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah or Leah, and uh, the name of the younger was Rachel, right? Now, Jacob had already met Rachel, and he was quite uh, attracted to Rachel and fond of Rachel. So Leah's eyes, though, in description here from the text, uh, they were weak. Um, and it says, but Rachel was beautiful of form and face. Um, let's not think too deeply on that. It's just you know, the description of how one would recognize these two women, one of which would not be as appealing uh, from her countenance, her facial uh, construct, or perhaps body construct, things like that, for Jacob's own subjective personal uh, attractions, if you will. So Leah's eyes were weak, but Rachel was beautiful of form and face. Now Jacob loved Rachel. Okay. He loved Rachel. So he said in verse 18, I will serve you seven years. This is what he's saying to Laban. I'll serve you seven years for your younger daughter, Rachel. <laughs> Imagine that kind of a sacrifice, right? Yeah, yeah, I'll work for you seven years. Man, seven years? Wow. Okay, sure. Laban says in verse 19, it's better that I give her to you, then I give her to another man. Stay with me. Oh, yeah, I mean, again, Laban's portraying himself outwardly in public in a certain way. But is this, this true of the motive of his heart? Is what he is portraying himself outwardly, will we find that same character inwardly? I've lived long enough on this earth to um, have witnessed and experienced many believers or so claimed, Christians or so claimed uh, among us who would display themselves outwardly in such humble ways or as scholarly individuals, um, you know, in, in one way or another, as would, of course, the Pharisaical kind in the age of the Christ, uh, portraying themselves outwardly in such a in a, in, in, in a white-washed tomb manner, but within themselves, all you had was impurity, dead men's bones, if you will. Uh, was this what was going to take place with Laban? Well, for a great many of us who know the account, we know which direction it's going to go for Laban. But it is true and real in principle today that we have to be wise with these kind of characters. And uh, they can quickly swindle you. They can quickly uh, 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 portray themselves outwardly in a certain way. Uh, you know, humble or kind or 
religious leaders we should trust, gospel preachers of sorts, if you will. Uh, and they're everywhere. They're on social media also. You can find them with their own podcasts. You can find them on TV, you know, uh, anywhere, anytime. And uh, some of them infiltrate our lives. You know, they infiltrate our lives, our families, uh, churches, anything and everything. And they have this... They, they, they take advantage of you by this outward appearance they have, but uh, once they reveal their, the true motive of their hearts and who they are in character within, uh, you see the great deception. These kinds are professional liars, professional uh, deceivers and slanderers. Um, they cultivate a great many things for their own personal selfish gain, like the pharisaical kind did so out of greed. They wanted the praise of men. They wanted the control. They loved the pride they had within themselves and uh, all of that kind of nonsense. And so here, Jacob, again, this is a very interesting kind of, uh, very interesting kind of an uh, account taking place here because Jacob was the one who participated to his mother's instructions in the deception towards his father, which would rob his brother of a blessing. That was a traumatic moment of betrayal and deception that took place in the family that would have lifelong consequences, so much so that it embittered uh, Esau to want to murder uh, in an act of revenge and retaliation, uh, Jacob. So there's a lot going on here. Now, that's not that, that doesn't mean that people cannot change if hearts are humble, but sometimes you have to become the recipient of an attack uh, from toxic individuals in order to wake up and be like, wow, these people were truly evil. And perhaps I was guilty of uh, 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 having a blind spot and not being humble enough to see the red flags and things of that nature. So here we find Jacob later on, uh, uh, the one who is face to face with a man called Laban, who is portraying himself, of course, as a thoughtful culturally appropriate in the traditions of the day and upright, morally so, and decent and thoughtful. Uh, but uh, we're going to see which direction this goes with this man towards Jacob. Um, you know the saying, the common saying, what goes around comes around is certainly uh, truthful in a providential way. Uh, those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Uh, things like that are are, are are real in a general sense, and that's why the Proverbs are powerful in that general sense, you know, uh, that wisdom. So here, uh, the account again, Laban says, it's better that I give her to you than give her to another man. Stay with me, you know. I'm not going to give her a... He's portraying himself this way. I, oh, yeah, it's much better to give her to, to you as someone we know that has ancestral lineage, you know, uh, uh, family, instead of giving her to a foreigner or someone we, we don't know, of course, yeah. So Jacob served seven years. He did the time, seven years for Rachel, and they seemed to him but a few days because of his love for her. It's a state of mind, isn't it? It's a state of mind. Where's the mind at? Where was his mind at? His mind was, of course, in the tender compassion and love he had for Rachel and his purpose to achieve her hand. And uh, seven years to him was well worth it, you know? Hard work for seven years. That's fine. That's fine. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel for Rachel. The purpose he was doing those seven years was for Rachel. The understanding was for Rachel with Laban, her father. And her father seemed to be outwardly 
uh, uh, willing to extend that that gift to Jacob, you know, and portraying himself in such a way. So now we enter in a different portion of the text within the same context, verse 21. Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife, for my time is completed, that I may go in to her. The agreement was fulfilled. And there is a three-part section, of course, or three-part tradition and boundary to uh, the marriage of the culture of the day in which they lived. And uh, I forget a great par- a great many uh, portions of these uh, these three components of uh, their marriage, but there is legality between them in agreement and what needs to take place. And that is what we see here. That's why the agreement came to the seven years. I'll work for you for seven years. Then I, then I can, you know, uh, be the recipient of her hand and uh, participate in the consummation portion of this wedding because the first portion was the agreement. It was typically sang or there would have been uh, some kind of a traditional uh, acceptance there saying, yep, you are, you are, together and married, but uh, and that is binding. However, the seven years must take place of work, which was the agreement, the contract, if you will. Uh, the contract ha- portion of this marriage was fulfilled, so now it was time for the consummation part of uh, the marriage. And after the consummation part, which proves uh, the uh, purity of the wife, her virginity, uh, then a celebration would take place. A celebration would take place. Festivities, if you will, and celebration for a wonderful consummation and uh, the fulfillment of this legal binding contract. So Jacob says to Laban, time's up. You know, give me my wife. For my time is completed. That I may go into her. So the consummation could take part. Now Laban gathered all the men of the place and made a feast, right? Because if consummation is going to be taking place, then there would be festivities afterwards. So everything seems to be lining up perfectly as to the outward appearance and character of this man named Laban, to whom we've been reading of previously here. So, okay, things seem to be moving towards the right direction. Now the in the evening, in verse 23, he took his daughter, Leah. So here's Laban. And he takes his daughter, Leah. Leah, Leah, I mean, okay, Leah. And what was said of Leah in verse 17? Leah's eyes were weak, but Rachel was beautiful of form and face. What have we been reading since verse, well, what verse was it now when he came, when he meets her there? It's been about Rachel. There's no confusion here. Jacob's not, Jacob's not, uh, 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 making himself unknown to his heart. His heart is revealed that he's seeking Rachel. It, that's been that's been the whole deal to get with Rachel. So here's Laban, Rachel's father. In the evening, he takes his daughter Leah and brought her to him, and Jacob went in to her. And one says, well, now, wait a minute here. (laughs) 
what is the plot twist? What's going on? We're like, what's this drama? How does that even happen? Well, remember, again, we have to be mindful of something. You and I in the Western world, in the Western culture, we, 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 you know, such a thing wouldn't take place, it seems. Like, I mean, you obviously know who you're going to be having relations with, right? Unless you are in a drunken stupor somehow, somewheres. And, well, for some of us who have been heathens for a while in the past of our lives, uh, maybe, yeah. But is that what's taking place? It's interesting. All of a sudden, it's like, boom, what, what? What, what, wait? <laughs> what direction have we now taken? This is all about Rachel's hand with Jacob. And Laban, we were trusting his outward character. He seemed to be a legitimate dude, you know, just like a cool guy. He's kind. He's honest. Seems to want to do what's right. And now all of a sudden, just like, what? Jacob ends up sleeping with... Leah? Laban brings Leah instead of Rachel? And how does Jacob not recognize this? Like there must have been a difference in the body types, in the facial expression. Oh, maybe they had like a veil, right? In the cultural times. Maybe they had some form of dress. Like how did that... Hey, listen, I may not have all the answers. Some individuals who are a lot smarter that are educated more than I probably do have a lot more history to reveal in how this could have taken place, but I'm sure the scriptures will give us some more insight. So Laban also, uh, sorry, so now in the evening, he took his daughter Leah. So here's Laban, he takes Leah, not Rachel, and brings Leah to Jacob, and Jacob has relations with her. And Laban also, in verse 24, gave his maid Zilpah, there's a name for you. There's a, there's the name of the, your next daughters, right? Zilpah. To his daughter Leah as a maid. What's going on here? Have we gone full on Jerry Springer? It's crazy, isn't it? But it is indeed the true recorded accounts of uh, families, human beings, and the many things they do and don't do and the many foolish decisions they make, you know? And we're not, we're not detached from that. Have you looked around <laughs> in our own families? There's a lot of craziness going on. So, so, it became, uh, so it came about, verse 25, in the morning that, behold, it was Leah. <laughs> Imagine Jacob being like, whew, what a party last night, right? Huh, honey? Turn around and be like, ah, 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 who are you? What? What's going on? You're not the one I was expecting to have next to me. What did they feed me? What happened? Who put something in my drink? So it came about in the morning that, behold, it was Leah. And he, and he said to Laban, what is this you have done to me? <laughs> Imagine you're Leah, right? Imagine you're Leah. You can't compete with the beauty of your sister. This man you've slept with the night before. He's waking up, and it's a problem. Like, look at this. <laughs> look at her. <laughs> what have you done to me? Man, isn't that mean? People are so mean. 
So he says to Laban, what is this you have done to me? I've waited seven years for Rachel. This was the deal. This is what's supposed to go. This is what, this was the deal. What is this you've done to me? Was it not for Rachel that I served with you? Why then have you deceived me? Professional liars, you'd be like, oh, I didn't deceive you. It's not, it has nothing to do with me. It's you. You're the, you're, you're the one that's at fault. <laughs> that's how they operate. I know it. They're very cunning. So Laban says in verse 26, is it not the practice in our place to marry off? It is not the practice in our place to marry off the younger before the firstborn. These kinds always have an answer, man. They're always right. They know it all. It doesn't matter what Jacob was going to say, how he was going to say it. It doesn't matter. He has all the evidence for it, that he's worked seven years, that he went there. It doesn't matter. Laban's always right. Laban's smart. Jacob's stupid. Jacob has to sit down and just accept that Laban's smarter. Laban's a professional cunning deceiver. These psychological manipulators, this is how they operate. (laughs) It's just so classic standard for these kinds. We see the same uh, spirit within, again, the pharisaical kinds, the diatrophic kinds. These, these, these men, they're they're of their own, uh, their own ilk, these brutes. So, I mean, Jacob's like, this is not, this is not just, there's an act of injustice here. Laban's like, no, 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 it's all your, I mean, no, no, we've done everything lawful. Everything's lawful. It's according to our law here. Everything's fine. No, no, it's you. You're the one who's wrong. (laughs) So Laban says, it's not the practice in our place to marry off the younger before the firstborn. And of course, Jacob must be thinking way back at seven years prior to this whole process and the things that have been taking place throughout those seven years, which have, he, he made it very clear <laughs> that Rachel was supposed to be the prize here. Um, not so. Nope, things have changed now. So uh, Laban says, it's not the practice in our place to marry off the younger before the firstborn. Complete the week of this one. And we will give you the other also for the service, which you shall serve with me for another seven years. Oh, man, once you get in the grasp of these kinds, dude, it can go real bad. It can go real bad. So Jacob did. He did so. I mean, what is he going to do? I mean, I'd be tempted to go to war and we're going to war. Somebody needs to die ASAP. <laughs> there needs to be a, a court of law here with justice. To, to, to Jacob did so and completed her week. Now, again, I don't need to go into great details. You can check that out on your own time and dime. And he gave him his daughter, Rachel, as his wife. What? Like, why was this? Like, what happened here? <laughs> What's going on? Well, you know, people make decisions and at times they make foolish decisions that have foolish consequences coming their way. So Jacob did as he was told and he completed her week 
right? Leah's weak. And he gave Laban, once this was accomplished, gave him his daughter, the one he was seeking for, for the first, from the very beginning, Rachel, as his wife. So Laban also gave his maid Bilhah. We had Zilpah, now we have Bilpah. Isn't that interesting? Zilpah was Leah's maid, and Bilhah was Rachel's maid. Interesting. So Jacob, in verse 30, went in to Rachel also. You know, that's how it biologically works. Male, female, husband, wife, complement each other physically. Two become one, right? Okay. And it's interesting, though, again, to how we kind of began this journey for this session, how Jacob was the one deceiving his father, Isaac, and robbing his brother Esau of the blessing through his mother, Rebekah's instructions. And who is now the recipient of the sea deception? Treachery? Jacob. There's a hard lesson for you in life. For those of us who have been humbled by these moments, we know what it's all about. Absolutely. We've been caught in the hands of a great many things. So now the Lord saw that Leah, in verse 31, was unloved. Well, yeah. Jacob didn't want her. Jacob wanted Rachel. But why did he want Rachel? Was it for superficial reasons? Why do we marry? Because she's smoking hot? Yeah, but can she cook bacon? Can she cook bacon? That's what's important in life, right? <laughs> so the Lord saw that Leah was unloved. And he opened her womb. God is a great God, is he not? But Rachel was barren. Oh, man. Jacob thought he was going to... No, no, listen. There's consequences in life when you do stuff. When you do stuff you're not supposed to, there's consequences in life. So Leah conceived and bore a son, verse 32, and she named her son Reuben. For she said, Because the Lord has been my affliction... Surely now my husband will love me. Remember when the Lord appeared uh, with, uh, or before, I forget her name now. I forget her name. In regards to Abraham, right? And uh, he had gone into his maid his, uh, because of his wife's instruction in that, that whole account. Uh, but the Lord uh, spoke to Abram's well, servant that he had gone into and her son and all that. It's, it's quite interesting. What I'm trying to say, I suppose, is what I'm recognizing in my thoughts while, while we read this. Um, God, God is good. He's not a tyrant. He is a just God. He's not an oppressor. He's a liberator. And um, he understands justice and what is right and what is wrong and what is true and what is fair and he knows how to accomplish the greater good of his will and um, at times that is to permit certain things to take place and to govern other things and to directly 
divinely intervene in this year, day and age that we are reading of in the scriptures, of course. Um, so Leah conceived and bore a son and named him Reuben. For she said, because the Lord has seen my affliction, surely now my husband will love me. She's seeking to receive the love she should be deserving from a deserving of Jacob. Jacob's learning a harsh lesson in life. 14 years further, <laughs> 14 years deep into it, <clears throat> and uh, having been the recipient of Laban's treachery, now hit the wife he's always wanted, Rachel. She's barren, but the one he didn't want, Leah. She can produce offspring. Procreation is active. That's interesting to me. And there's a lot in there to unpack and we could talk about. So Leah conceived and bore a son. <clears throat> she named him Reuben. Then, in verse 33, she conceived again and bore a son and said, Because the Lord has heard that I am unloved, he has therefore given me this son also. And she named him Simeon. Now, this is interesting. Verse 32, what's the purpose? Maybe Jacob will love me now. He doesn't love me, but maybe he will love me since I was able to produce him a son named Reuben. What's the second son's purpose? The second son's purpose is that, uh, 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 well, what does it say again? She conceived again and bore a son and said, because the Lord has heard that I am unloved. He has therefore given me this son also. So she named him Simeon. So the, uh, the purpose of being unloved is at the thrust context of this son called Simeon. And yet again, in verse 34, she conceives and bears another son. And she says, now this time my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore, he will be named or he was named Levi. So we have Reuben, we have Simeon, and we have Levi thus far. It's a matter of Jacob will love me this time around. I'm unloved. So now I will have companionship. Since my husband does not love me, I will have companionship. To, well, now he'll have no choice to be attached to me. Whether he love me or not, and he doesn't, he has to be attached to me, culturally so, and the responsibilities he must have with me as his, one of his wife, and these children. And in verse 35, she conceived yet again the fourth child and bore a son and said, this time I will praise the Lord. She gets it. The blessing of a child. Thank God for that. Therefore, she named him Judah. <laughs> then she stopped bearing four children from Leah. Jacob was not seeking to procreate and find favor with Leah. It was for Rachel. But the treachery of Laban set forth this situation. And what do we have yet again? Pass passing itself on ancestrally. We see from the very beginning with Abraham and Sarah. Poor decisions made out of weak faith. Foolish decisions, lawless decisions. Have severe consequences, and they seem to be passing that on from one generation to the next. And we made it to Isaac and Rebekah, chaos in the home, and now we're with Jacob, and there's chaos in the home. These accounts are quite fascinating. 
They gave us depth of, uh, of insight into uh, true and real recorded accounts of households. And it's the same today. That's why this information is so valuable. That's why these accounts are so interesting to read and study and look into. And um, man, they benefit our faith. Jacob should have been wise to discern Laban. He wasn't. He learned a harsh lesson. Prior to that, Isaac, Rebekah, Esau. Lack of faith in God and seeking God's counsel and instruction. They trust their own hearts, their own ways, which become uh, delinquency. And they produce deception. They produce all these things that have deep consequences. If we do things God's way, we'll be fine. When we start to do things our own way and our own ways are, are misguided or, or uh, unlearned without wisdom, I mean, we're, we're going to stumble and fall. We're going to make poor decisions in life. We're not going to marry the right people. We're going to live ourselves in a life of chaos within a marriage. Our children are, are going to be rebellious. They're going to do things they're not supposed to do. It just, everything is so important when it comes to obeying God first and foremost and through God's instruction and wisdom, his guidance, choosing the right person to marry and being aware that there are evil people on this earth who masquerade themselves in all sorts of ways. We've seen wolves in sheep's clothing. We've recognized the Labans now. We've, we, if we would just be humble and surrender to God and His will, if we allow the instructions of the Bible to teach us, we won't need to make foolish decisions, lawless decisions, and practice all kinds of lawless things that bring us down the path of all kinds of sorrow and trials and hurts and challenges. There are healthy challenges, but we tend to just, you know, make very foolish decisions in life that result in a great many pains. And uh, this, this account reveals that very thing. Okay, well, what, are, what time we got in here? We got 15 minutes in. Good. We got through that account. So many more things could be said, obviously. Uh, but uh, that's where we're at thus far. And um, yeah, what do you guys think? What do you guys have to share and say? Let me see if I can see anything you guys have been saying. Sometimes it lets me see any comments. Sometimes it doesn't. So let me just check it out here. And we are streaming, of course, live on various platforms. Rumble, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. And after we upload, of course, to our audio locations, Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, you name it, everywhere and anywhere. So please consider subscribing and following, giving us a thumbs up, a comment, share the link far and wide. If you find a benefit in this kind of uh, uh, session, these podcast sessions, you can sign up to addedsouls.locals.com. You can sign up there for free and you can choose to support the Added Souls ministry through the Maya family and the mission we're involved with, the East Coast Church of Christ. Com. Check out the website. You can check us out on Facebook as well. You can find my profile on Facebook. Um, listen, we get get to know us, get involved. It, it's really good stuff. Um, 
you are appreciated, you are loved. There's a lot of information in here. And when we read it with just a, an honest, sincere, humble heart, and we just want to know what's going on, uh, it's there. And it'll it'll teach us a great many things. It'll, it'll govern our thoughts today in our faith and how we should rely on God. When you don't rely on God, you can read these accounts and be like, there's the mess. If we rely on God, blessings. You rely on God, you obey God, you do as God instructs you, you find purpose, you find love, you find a path forward. You will, he will bless you with wisdom and discernment. When we don't, we get in a lot of trouble. And that can be applicable for all things. Who are you planning to marry? What kind of friends are you surrounding yourself with? Right? Uh, uh, or perhaps you're coming in and you've already done those mistakes. You've already surrounded yourself with friends you should not have surrounded yourself with who weren't really your friends, right? Took advantage of you. Perhaps you married someone that you should not have married, but now you got to try to make things work out. That's, you can. Even if you've already made foolish decisions, hey, listen, here I am. I'm still alive, still working forward for it through his grace. I've made all those mistakes. I married the right person, though. I, I was blessed in that department. I married the, the my best friend, the perfect. I mean, to me, she's an angel. But sometimes some are not as fortunate in that department. Now, I was not fortunate in other departments you may have been unfortunate with. But no matter what is what I'm trying to say here, it doesn't matter where you're coming from and what situation you find yourself in. If you follow God and you learn from this book the right way, it will govern your thoughts and it will benefit you. And it will be pleasing to the great I Am, the Ancient of Days, who has set all good things in motion and order. Wonderful accounts. Unfortunate accounts that they had to, you know, these, these are true and real people, just like you and I, human beings created in the image of God who have gone through these moments. And you and I have, of course, the benefit of reading that and learning from it. Uh, but man, uh, they went through a lot of emotional investments and, and, and emotional uh, attachments and detachments. And I mean, imagine if your own wife is deceiving you, your own son, your own uncle. You, I mean, <laughs> this is deep-rooted trauma stuff that can, that, that, well, because of these things has lasted till today and will till the end in consequence. You know, <laughs> Adam and Eve disobeyed God, and you and I are still to this day the recipients of the consequence of that fallen, uh, this fallen world. You know, a lot of uh, sometimes we we don't see the big picture, and we practice sinful things today that are going to affect our children's 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 children. Uh, prideful brutes don't think about that; they only produce chaos and division and, and a lot of a lot of pain. We have to learn how to be wise. God will teach us how to be wise. That makes sense? Okay, stay focused and stay positive. Lord willing, we shall see each other tomorrow for the early bird podcast sessions. We go live weekdays, weekday mornings. Tomorrow we'll have ourselves a uh, topical discussion. That's the theme of our uh, Thursdays. And uh, we, got a, we got a good one. I think we got one that uh, is needed and... Uh, got to talk about. So uh, by all means, stay focused, stay positive. Hopefully we'll, we'll see you tomorrow. Good stuff. Peace out.